Hello everybody and welcome to Threads of the Sun. My name is Yosha Layton and I am your host. Here we share stories and conversations focused on healing, transformation and self-empowerment. I'm incredibly passionate about strengthening our intuition, unraveling from our conditioning and returning to nature's wisdom. So here on this podcast, we explore the tools, concepts, and practices to live a more embodied and authentically connected life. I truly hope you enjoy. Hello, beautiful listeners, beautiful people, wherever you are in the world. Welcome to episode eight. Thanks for tuning in today. Um, Welcome back. Or if this is your first time tuning in, then welcome to the podcast. Um, Today, we are joined by someone who I have been following for most of this year and honestly kind of girl crushing on her. (laughs) She's an amazing evolutionary astrologer. Her name is Daisy Clementine Douglas. Um... I didn't actually ask her where she's from. I think she's from Australia, but she's kind of got this interesting little accent going on, so I'm not really sure. But she is now living in Berlin, and yeah, she's just an incredibly wise and beautiful soul who has just dedicated her life to evolutionary astrology. So as someone who is studying evolutionary astrology, she is very inspiring to me, and yeah, we just had this really beautiful, flowy conversation. So we speak about um, Daisy's journey um, on becoming an evolutionary astrologer and sort of her initiation into the role of an evolutionary astrologer. Um, We talk about the history and the origins of astrology and just the wisdom behind the cosmos. We talk about fate versus free will, which is something that I'm super passionate about and so glad that she brought up. We talk about the rising of the feminine and witches and these beautiful sacred tools such as astrology. We talk about psychedelics and how everything in life is a paradox um, and duality and polarity and how all of that really comes back into seeking balance um, in this life. She takes us on a journey through the zodiac, so starting from Aries through to Pisces, and how yeah, evolution occurs through cycles, and it's a spiralic journey. Um, we talk about how astrology can be used as a self-empowerment tool for better understanding the self. We talk about like the basic fundamentals and foundations for starting to learn and understand your own birth chart. So we speak a lot about your sun sign, your moon sign, and your rising sign. We talk about the complexities of a birth chart and how multi-layered and multifaceted it is. Um, and yeah, then we kind of finish on a little bit of self-worth stuff. And um, yeah, Daisy's sort of done a self-worth workshop a couple of weeks ago. Um, and she talks about yeah self-worth being our currency for manifestation. So it's really beautiful how that all ties into astrology as well. So yeah, we just had such a beautiful conversation. Um, I really hope you enjoy it. And just a reminder, if you do enjoy this podcast, um, please leave a rating, leave a review on your listening thingies, um, share it with a friend who you think may resonate with it. All of that stuff really, really helps me. 
um, producing a podcast takes a lot of time and energy, especially when you do it all by yourself, like I do. So it really does mean a lot. And you can also support the podcast and join my online community on Patreon, which I'll be speaking a little bit more about later in the episode. But until then, let's dive into this really incredible conversation with Daisy Clementine Douglas. Firstly, thanks so much for joining me today, Daisy. I'm so excited to be, yeah, picking your brain and to hear all of your beautiful wisdom and knowledge. I think I found your Instagram maybe like at the beginning of this year through um, Chloe's podcast, The Mojo Mecca. I can't remember when you did that. Oh, I love Chloe. Yeah, she's the best. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, and I think I, I, I started following you on Instagram after I... I listened to that episode um, that you did with her and I was like, who is this chick? She's amazing. Um, oh, thank you. Yeah. And I've just been, yeah, closely following your your page and all of your wisdom for, yeah, for like nine months or so now. So it's, it's a real pleasure to have you as a guest today. Um, yeah. My first question for you is how long have you been studying and, and practicing astrology? Yeah, well, thank you so much for having me as well. I really love, um, I just love doing podcasts. Um, I love, yeah, being able to create these organic conversations through the podcast. And in this lifetime, I would say that astrology found me around, hmm, around probably 15, 16 years of age. One of my best friends, actually, who's also an astrologer now, she showed me an astrology book. And at that point, I was a little bit like, this is silly, because I was still, you know, quite conditioned by um, the environment I grew up in. And I think pop culture gave astrology a bit of a silly reputation, can I say. Mm. And then I started reading this book. And I was like, what, what the fuck? (laughs) Like, so hooked into it. Mm. I was like, this is amazing. And so I just, um, yeah, from there, my, my love grew for it. You know, I was more self-taught for a couple of years, like watching YouTube videos, reading books. And then um, I went. Sorry, guys. Unfortunately, we had a tiny technical difficulty here, but um, Daisy was just saying she then went on to study for three years at the Sydney Astrology School. And then from there, I've studied under many different teachers. So probably I've been working with astrology for about six or seven years but I've only been running my business for um, about two years, I would say, Um, which, yeah, it all happened very, very quickly, you know, and there was some big steps I had to take to get to initiating, you know, my business. But I think because it was so in alignment with what I'm here to do, the universe was really, really in support, which I'm very grateful for. Yeah. Yeah. It seems like you've been, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if it was a past life thing as well. Like it's just, you seem so embodied and so, um, yeah, your like your whole life kind of revolves around astrology, which I find so inspiring. Oh, bless you. Thank you. <laughs> oh, of course. Yeah. Um, I'm really intrigued to hear kind of from your perspective. It's like a rabbit hole that I haven't really gone down. Um, around like the history of astrology and I think that'd be a really nice place to kind of start the podcast with sort of to Mm -hmm. um, set some like strong foundations for the conversation and perhaps like 
um, you know, ground and root perhaps the abstractness of astrology um, with mm-hmm. a little bit of like the history and the origins um so i was wondering mm-hmm. if you could yeah share i'm not sure if that's like super your forte but i'm sure you know a lot more than i do about it so i'd love to yeah to know your kind of understanding of the of the history of astrology and and its origins yeah yeah of course uh, i i love this question you know and i think it really helps to also bring a bit more i mean this is really funny like i actually had this download more recently um <laughs> uh yeah uh, and and it was funny because it really helped me to understand more of the distinction between the science that we use to measure the here and the now which is with the stars it's astronomy mm. and then astrology it is this metaphysical science that is timeless and infinite um it is not just pertaining to this linear timeline and i think mm-hmm. that's where a lot of people can get confused and a lot of people can think you know astrology it's bullshit because the stars have moved etc uh, etc et um astrology is this tool of reflection you know it is so much greater than what is just happening right here right now and one of my favorite things when i was learning about the history of astrology that's always really stuck with me is if you look into all of the ancient cultures around the world they all the first thing that they all used to understand the cycles of nature the cycles of themselves you know the the community was the stars and you know whether it was india or the mayans or the romans or the chinese like they all had they and still do different kinds of astrology and the really fascinating thing about that is that none of them had a way of um communicating with one another because you know when you're going back thousands of years None of them had a way of communicating with one another, but they were all still working with the stars because there is such a greater uh, wisdom behind the cosmos. And again, I really like to enforce the understanding that the stars are not affecting you or me. (laughs) Um, You know, they are reflecting us. They are the macrocosm. We are the microcosm and it is all interconnected. The cosmos is not separate from our being. We are energetically intertwined with the cosmos. And that's been such a huge part of my teachings because I really want to use astrology to re-empower people, um, to take people out of a victim consciousness, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, to know. And I think, again, a lot of pop culture has given this idea of like, um, you know, the stars are making you do this or let's blame it on Mercury retrograde. Like, yeah, okay, that's funny. But like, no, we have to take full responsibility for our lives. And astrology gives this incredible um, uh, meeting point between fate and free will, which I love. Um, And so what I say is essentially, it, it all actually comes back to free will because the fate that you have come into this life with being your birth chart, you created for yourself. Mm. Whatever you've come into this life with in your chart energetically, 
karmically is based on the actions and behaviors of your past life experiences. So it actually all does come back to free will. But when we're looking at it through the lens of this lifetime, Mm. the fate is the container, the energetic container of your chart. And the free will is how you choose for that energy to manifest through you and whether you choose to work with it in its highest manifestation or its lowest or lower manifestation. Mm. Um, and that is where the re-empowerment can, can come through. But I went a little bit off track there. So <laughs> back to the history. Oh, I um, yeah, I believe astrology is the most ancient ancient metaphysical science um, in the world and was used by all of the most ancient civilizations um, you know around the time when the church took over i forget you know at the exact date around when this happened um, the 16th century maybe it was but around the time when the church took over um, that is when you know the witches quote unquote, witches were burnt at the stake, you know, Mm -hmm. women who were midwives, women who were therapists were considered witches, and they were killed. Um, And that is when the feminine really took a decline. And that is also when these sacred tools were, we were programmed and conditioned to believe that they were witchcraft, that they were evil, that they were silly and stupid and all of these things. And that also really immediately brings up this whole archetype of Lilith for me as well. Um, So yeah, now in today's society, we're seeing, and especially I think you would have heard of Carl Jung. Mm -hmm. He was one of the people that really helped around, I think in the 19th century, it's when astrology started coming back a bit again. Mm -hmm. And he really worked with the archetypes in his work Um, and started to give astrology a little bit more credit. And now, you know, people are really starting to pick up again with astrology there, which is amazing. But I think it's very connected to the fact that the feminine is, is, is rising again. And that's why these sacred tools are being given value. Yeah. Mm, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I would have to agree with that for sure. And I think, yeah, it's like an interesting concept in terms of like the, the feminine kind of rising again. It's this more like intuitive kind of abstract. It's like magic, you know? And I think when you were saying before kind of around like the church suppressing it, it's like, yeah, it was very much kind of this power play and like, oh, there's wisdom and there's power in all of these like ancient tools like astrology and it's not tangible and we can't quite understand it and so we're just gonna fucking burn these witches at the stake and like yeah it was this complete kind of power dynamic hey and now it's kind of like all of these really beautiful magical sacred tools Mm. are are sort of rising again um yeah i think Mm, what you were saying before like i just want to touch back on this concept of like fate fate and free will because that's something that I resonate really deeply with as well and I love that you brought that up um when you were kind of speaking though it it rose a question in me around like you know if we if everything is free will because we do choose everything and we choose you know our karmic kind of um we choose our karma and we choose to come into this lifetime with the specific birth chart that we have it, it kind of makes me wonder, like, if you go all yeah. the way back to the beginning, 
Like, what is the choice there? Like, why did we choose yeah. to incarnate into a human body and have all these experiences of suffering? Yeah. Like, I wonder, yeah, does that bring it, bring up anything for you? Like, kind of coming yeah. back to, like, source and, like, wh- why we choose to mm-hmm. come in and, and reincarnate and have all these kind of, like, lifetimes of experiences like what is that why do we do that totally yeah so so for me I it's funny and I'm just gonna like be honest here Mm. but I learned a lot of this in a very you know there's a difference between reading these things and really like understanding it through experience and I have to say like when I've taken LSD, it's really given me this, this understanding of, of what this all means. And it Mm. honestly, everything is a fucking paradox. (laughs) The um, experience, you know, for one, as I say to my clients, as a soul, we would not be reincarnating into a physical body if we did not have karma to continue to work through and clear for ourselves. And because we are human beings and it all comes back to duality, Mm. because we are human beings and there is always going to be this constant simultaneous experience of desire and repulsion. Mm. I desire what is best for me, but I am also repulsed by it at the same time. And um, I think, you know, this, this, these paradoxes, that is why, that is what happened at the beginning. You know, the universe is wanting to experience itself through itself. And to do that down here on the earth plane, duality was created. And so this experience of good, bad, right, wrong, up, down, left, right, um, desire, repulsion, that is what is is keeping us in this physical existence. I hope that that makes sense. <laughs> mm. But it's um, you know when a soul wants to come down here into this physical form, and I work in the birth chart a lot with Pluto when I'm understanding the soul's deepest des- evolutionary desire for incarnation. Mm. Um, you know whatever house more so Pluto is in, it's speaking to very much why the soul has come back into this 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 human form, as well as the lifetimes of polarity that a soul has been experiencing. Because again, we find this um, this polarity of one part of us just wanting to escape this physical existence and return directly back to source, mm. consciousness, mm. and this other part of us that wants to stay here in this physical form and that wants to feed into the desires of the ego. Um, So that for me, I guess it's, yeah, the best way that I can explain this, it's all to do with with duality. Um, You know, when you take LSD and you have this ego death, it's really this experience of knowing like, there is, it is everything and it is nothing. There is an answer and there is no answer. You know, it's all coming back to, you can't even put it into words because once you do, you're defying the meaning again. Mm. (laughs) It's it's all a paradox. (laughs) It's such a fucking trip. Hey, it's like we, (laughs) we come from source and we incarnate into this human body and we, you know, we experience multiple lifetimes or one lifetime or however you want to look Mm -hmm. at it. And, and then you know we we resolve our karma and we have all of these experiences and we learn the lessons that we need to learn and then 
you know, eventually, hopefully we return back to source. And it's like, well, mm-hmm. what a weird fucking time that was. Like, what was the point in that? <laughs> but also, yeah, it's so crazy. Uh-huh. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and when you were speaking to it, it made me kind of think about the actual, um, you know, the Zodiac and the birth chart itself. It's like, mm it is all polarities, you know, you have all of the Mm -hmm. accesses and it's like, you Mm -hmm. know, everything is, yeah, it is one. Yes. To be in balance, it's kind of like you need to embody or be in balance with the sign that's opposing. And I heard a really beautiful concept the other day around like, um, I think it was Kaipacha, you know, you obviously know Kaipacha, right? Uh huh. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. He was talking about like, um, like balancing the birth chart and when we come into that like perfect balance when we have you know if all of our planets are over in Capricorn or like whatever and then we we really understand the the balance of cancer or whatever and it's kind of like if you look at everything coming into perfect balance then we end up in the exact middle of the birth chart and then it's like this this like portal to like back to source or whatever it may be yeah Yeah. that's it you know it's and it's I love that you're saying this because literally like I'm just having so many epiphanies lately it's all about balance because we are in this physical form we are experiencing this duality and the Mm. only way to surrender back to source is to come into balance in every way and when I'm speaking also about you know, what we're touching on before, it very much for me brings up the axis of Virgo and Pisces. Mm. How, you know, many, and this was me as well, many people when they get on a spiritual path, there's this strong focus on, as, and this is me, I was like this, you know, I want to leave my body, I want to leave my ego, I want to return, you know, back to source, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the thing is, though, that our, our soul has also chosen to incarnate here into this physical existence. And what I like to say to people who are Piscean dominant mm. is that their, their soul has signed up for this very harsh initiation surrounding reality. Because mm. people who are Piscean dominant are inherently tapped into everything that is on the other side of this physical dimension. They are tapped into the higher spiritual truths of oneness unconditional love boundarylessness compassion but we are living here in this physical existence we are living here in this duality and to survive in this duality we must also abide by the laws of this duality as well and so it's about finding that perfect balance between control and surrender between discernment and detoxification versus you know absorption and and boundarylessness and compassion and all of these things so yeah this axis of Virgo and Pisces it's always um definitely really brought up a lot for me a lot of lessons specifically you know the this 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 polarity of of purification which is Virgo and in, in intoxication, which is Pisces. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You know, so yeah, it's it's yeah, it's amazing. And again, sort of like I was speaking to before with with astrology, I believe that this this tool was really downloaded. 
from, you know, way back in the beginning of human civilization, like Atlantis and, you know, way, way, way back. And it's like, like I said, it's so much greater than the astronomical understanding of the now. It is a blueprint, you know? Mm. So, um, yeah. <laughs> mm, yeah, beautiful. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm kind of intrigued, like, to know, um, just as you're speaking now, like, to kind of also tie it back into kind of the history and its origins and mm-hmm. and all of that, Um yeah, because the way I really understand it is like astrology is like a timekeeping system, right? So way back on these ancient cultures and, um, you know, they'd be analyzing the sky and would be looking at the stars and our ancestors were, you know, mapping out these cycles of all of the planets in our solar system and, and mm-hmm. noting them down. And I, I don't know, correct me if I'm wrong, but um, sort of determining or seeing what kind of energies show up or what what kind of happens on a on a micro mm-hmm. level when certain planets get together in the sky or when they're opposing each other in the sky or, or that sort of stuff so is that kind mm-hmm. of how this knowledge kind of yeah came yeah yeah i mean yeah it's been you know it's been thousands hundreds of years of trial and error and observation and so that in itself you can say is scientific Um, because it has been, you know, so much observation and understanding. And it's true. The thing is, the funny, crazy thing is, is that there is cycles with the planets, you know, and it can be a a one year, it can be 500 year cycle where two planets meet back up in the cosmos. And the crazy thing is that it will show us not only on a personal level, but on a collective level, how much, if anything, has the consciousness shifted? Has the consciousness evolved of humanity, of us as an individual? And if it hasn't shifted, we will repeat the same lesson. We will repeat the same pattern again. Mm. And, and that's something that we saw recently when Saturn just entered back into Aquarius and we had the riots happen in America the last time Saturn was in Aquarius, the riots, the LA riots happened. Mm. So it's really fascinating um, to look through that lens for sure. Yeah. Um, but, but again, you know, I think that um, I really steer clear of using astrology in a fortune telling way, because again, for me, that is a way that I can potentially disempower somebody so when I'm doing my forecasting sessions I will speak to the cycles that is coming up for somebody and I will look back maybe even and say what was happening for you the last time that this Mm -hmm. meeting happened or this cycle happened because we might be able to gain some insight as to what the upcoming lesson could be about if you hadn't integrated that in the past but I'm never going to be like oh you're going to have a breakup or, oh, you're going to get fired. You know, so I'm never, never yeah, going to yeah, say yeah. anything like this because as astrologers, we don't know. We do not know how the energy is going to manifest for somebody. That is completely up to the individual, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so the best thing we can do is say, this is the energy you're coming into. This is what you're going to be working with. This is maybe what it's going to feel like 
but the potential of its manifestation is going to be dependent on how you work with this energy rather than maybe resist it and deny it. So, um, yeah. <laughs> mm, yeah, I really resonate with that. And I think it, yeah, it just comes back to this concept of, of free will, right? Like we, yeah, yeah. I don't like this kind of Western sometimes narrow-minded view of astrology that it's like someone will just like completely like pff, oh, blow it off and like, oh, it's just yeah. this puffle kerfuffle and you're just predicting the future and like you can't do that and da 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 da. But it's yeah. it's not about that at all. It yeah, it's it's mapping yeah. cycles and understanding um, certain energies that come up and and that sh- it re- that reveal themselves through these these patterns that happens in this that happen in the sky. Um, yeah, 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 totally. And you know, it's like everybody's birth chart. It's like their fingerprint. You know, when I'm giving my blueprint readings, I always tell my clients that this is something you will carry with you for the rest of your life. Because when we do a natal chart reading, we're not just focusing on the now we're focusing on the essence the blueprint of this being in this lifetime Mm. and it's so cool because whenever my clients listen back to their sessions they're like oh my god you know it's a year later and they're like oh my gosh I'm like seeing brand new things that I didn't really pick up on the last time I listened to this because of what is happening now in my life you know yeah so yeah yeah. I think that that's that's the kind of energy that I love to look at astrology through as well. It's not so much this, I mean, I haven't really gotten too far into my studies where I'm looking at the current transits and all of that sort of stuff. But what really pulls me in is um, yeah, looking at the birth chart, not so much about what what's happening in the sky right now and how that's affecting you, but your, your own unique birth chart, when you were born and this is basically your blueprint and this is your like this is who you are and this is the energy that you are and this is you know we can see kind of where perhaps our like challenges and our kind of growth edges lie but it also shows us kind of what energies are most supportive to us and yeah it's really just understanding like our own true nature it's yeah really really fascinating um yeah, I, totally. I I loved what you kind of mentioned before as well. I'd just like to go back a little bit um, mm-hmm. around what you said around, you know, evolution going through cycles, because I think that's, mm. yeah, such a big um, part of, I guess, evolutionary astrology. It does see the soul going on this journey through evolution and reincarnating into different lifetimes to, you know, learn these lessons and, um yeah, before mm. speaking about this axis of Pisces and Virgo, I guess it makes so much sense mm-hmm. because Pisces is, you know, the last sign of the zodiac. It is the the completion of the zodiac. It's the twelfth sign, and you know, then we come back into Aries, which is like this initiation and the beginning of of an of a new cycle. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, I was wondering, could you take us on? a little journey through the zodiac like beginning, yeah sure yeah I think this is so fun like beginning at Aries and going through through to Pisces because yeah, yeah. I, I find it so fascinating and I think a lot of people listening could relate to this in a lot of ways in terms of you know we can relate it to the cycle of 
you know, a human life or the cycle of mm-hmm. a business or the cycle of a relationship, you know, cause mm-hmm. the, the sun goes through this cycle every year. The moon goes through this cycle every 28 days, like all the planets go through these cycles. And what I find so beautiful about it is there's never an ending, you know, evolution mm-hmm. is, it's, it's a constant journey. It's a spiral. That, yeah. And the, the ending of one thing is just the beginning and the birth of another. So yeah, could you take us yeah. on a little journey from Aries through to Pisces and the different archetypes? Sure, sure. I can, for sure. Yeah. And um, I was going to say as well, I mean, it's kind of random now, but to what you were saying before as well, I was going to say people, they tend to ask me, they're like, so do you kind of, you know, check what's coming up for you astrologically, you know? And I'm like, to be honest, not so much. Usually what I actually do is I look back. So if something has happened that day, I will mm. actually look at what has happened astrologically. And it gives me more of an understanding of, of why something has happened in my field and it, and the lesson behind what has happened, you know? Mm. But I mean, if there is certain big transits, like a Pluto transit, yeah, I'm going to be aware of that. Like I'm coming into a massive Pluto transit at the end of this year, which, you know, Pluto transits are the most intense things we can go through in this life. (laughs) But anyways, moving on to the the cycle. (laughs) Um, So... Yeah, I love doing this. One of my favorite astrologers ever, or Mm. if I could say my favorite astrologer ever, Stephen Forrest. I just adore him so much. He's amazing. Um, He said once that the, uh, you know, it's like always the following sign, the adjacent sign has something to help kind of heal maybe the... uh, I don't want to say the shadow, but the misfortune maybe of the previous sign sort of thing, you know? Yeah. And it's really cool. Now, other thing as well is when we're looking at the zodiac through a cycle, this is something that you can apply to a human life. This is something you can apply to the life of a business. So, of course, we start off with beautiful Aries, which is this primal initiating force. When I think of Aries, there is no stop it is only go it is moving forward with its head you know in front of the body right so it's this very it's this initial spark of life and there's this very strong uninhibited drive there Um, so Aries is the baby it is the first breath it is that initiation and then we come into Taurus and Taurus is suddenly like oh, wait a second, I'm in this physical existence and I actually need to get material items to help me survive in this this plane. So I need food, I need shelter, I need clothing. Um, And there can be a very, very strong focus on survival and stability when it comes to Taurus. So Taurus is gathering the resources. Mm. And then Gemini is like, 
I actually need to start learning and understanding what the what these things are like I need to start putting labels to them and I need to start also understanding that there's different kinds of things that I can connect with so there's this strong curiosity with Gemini Gemini is we could say the beginning of the mind and the intellect Aries is the beginning of energy Taurus is the beginning of our relationship to the material plane Gemini is the beginning of the intellect Cancer mm-hmm. is the beginning of the emotional experience. Yeah. So cancer is cancer embodies the energy of the mother and the child. But there is, you know, with cancer, we are prone to being overthrown by the needs of the inner child, by the emotional desire. Um, different to Taurus, but similar when it comes to this emotional desire for safety and security. I want family, I want home, I want connection. And you know, I'm gonna stay in my cocoon where I can emotionally grow and prosper. And then we come into the next archetype, which is Leo. So that's the second fire. And Leo's like, you know what? I've sorted out all of these four basic things, not basic, but, you know, base things. Yeah. And now it's time for me to like, yeah, fundamental. Mm -hmm. And now it's time for me to come out and actually start being seen. You know, I'm coming into this world to take up a bit of space and to be admired for who I am. So this is really this, um, understanding of of authentic identity and and spontaneous self-expression but leo is still a very subjective archetype you know um so there's still a strong focus on on the personal right mm-hmm. now we move next to virgo and virgo's like okay great leo you want to show up and you want to be seen but have you got everything lined up have you got all the details in place have you got everything organized to actually make that work for you mm-hmm. so virgo comes through and is like we need to refine your act you're great and you have all this energy, but how can we refine? How can we clean this up? How can we create some more efficiency here? As I like to say, the world would not practically improve without Virgo energy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then we come through to Libra and Libra is like, okay, great, Virgo, we've cleaned all this up, but let's bring a little bit more lightheartedness out here. I want to open up my mind to understanding other people. So again, we have the second air sign here, again, the intellect. Let's socialize, let's connect, let's create friendship groups, let's create community. Um, you know, Libra is very much this archetype of balance and the scales but libras are not balanced that is a myth libras are learning balance yeah <laughs> and the main balance so. that they are learning is through the self and the other right mm-hmm. and then we come through to scorpio and scorpio is like great we've created these connections with other people but now let's take them deep we've created it on the surface level but i want to get down to the deepest nitty-gritty merging that is possible with Scorpio, there is a desire to now go beyond the experience of the self and the limitations of the self by merging with that which is external to its being, sexually, emotionally, physically, materially, et cetera, et cetera. So with Scorpio, we begin to find this, this merging and this union that is wanting to happen, as well as an ego annihilation. Scorpio has a lot to do with ego annihilation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and death and rebirth of course and then we're coming into Sagittarius and Sagittarius is like 
time to come up from the underworld and the darkness and the depths of Scorpio and let's go off on an adventure. Let's go off and understand the greater cosmological meaning of this world. So here we finally get into the transpersonal archetypes. So with Sagittarius, it's not to say that Sag can't be selfish because it's a fire sign, but it is to say that there is a greater focus on this bird's eye view, this greater meaning of what, what is this life? What is this world? You know, what is the meaning? Mm -hmm. um, so here we find this desire to adventure, to go to foreign places, to connect with different cultures. And then we move into the archetype of Capricorn, the, the third earth sign. Capricorn has, we've gathered all of the resources. We have everything in alignment because of Virgo. And now Capricorn wants to build an empire. So Capricorn, it's like this boss bitch CEO vibes, as I like to say. <laughs> it is ambitious. It is hardworking. Um, you know, it's wanting to climb the mountain. It's wanting to, you know, I see Capricorn as a strong elder, elder mm. wise energy, mm -hmm. carrying the wisdom of the ancestors, um, an incredible space holder and pillar for the community. So again, we have another transpersonal archetype. It is focused Again, it doesn't mean that it wouldn't be selfish in someone, but, it, but there is a greater focus of how can I show up in the community. And then we move to Aquarius and Aquarius is like, great, Capricorn, you've been following the rules. You've been, you know, you're stepping into an authority, but now it's time to break some rules. Now we need to shake things up. Now we need to shift the game. So again, with Aquarius, I say the world would not consciously evolve without Aquarians or without Aquarian energy because Aquarius is always here to look beyond what is known and to bring in brand new, fresh, revolutionary insight and ideas into the present. Um, also, of course, Aquarius, it teaches us how to evolve as a human collective through individuality, through breaking out of the mold. And then we come to Pisces the third water sign. So the thing with Aquarius is that even though there can be more of this humanitarian view on things, there can be a lack of emotional understanding. So that's where Pisces comes through. And Pisces is just the drop that is becoming one with the ocean. Pisces is oneness in its purity. Pisces has no ego there. It's an egoless archetype before we put it into a body. It doesn't understand physical form. It is it is ether, it is the clouds, it is air, you know, it's not air, I don't want to say that, but um, it's ether, yeah, so Pisces is just compassion, one love, you know, we are together <laughs> in this, and then Aries comes back through, and it's like, okay, great, but we need to actually also be selfish as well to survive in this world. Like I need to go off and do my own thing and pioneer my own direction. Yeah. <laughs> and then we, and then we come back again. Yeah. Through. <laughs> so oh, there we go. It's so beautiful. Yeah. And it's not like coming back into Aries is like, you know, starting again. It's just, no, it's no. like, yeah, coming coming through the zodiac through this cycle with all of these experiences and all of this wisdom and then you know stepping it's hard to kind of describe it when I'm like trying to draw yeah, a it's like a spiral with my hands. Yeah, exactly. yeah 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 <laughs> like, you're like up leveling to the next yeah yeah exactly yeah you're kind of at the yeah. same point in the circle but you're yeah up leveling I guess and you got yeah. you get to go through that journey again with more wisdom and 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 all of that yeah Oh
Bonjour. I hope you're enjoying this beautiful conversation so far. I am interrupting this episode just for a quick minute because I have an offering for you. I have recently created a really beautiful online community space on Patreon that I would love to take this opportunity to invite you into. So it's pretty simple, really. Um, It's a really affordable online membership where every week you receive exclusive content that I create and we explore many different healing and transformational concepts, self-empowerment practices, and it's a place to learn more about evolutionary astrology and go on a bit of a journey with me of self-inquiry. So it is my deepest desire to create a really safe container to authentically share about all of the stuff that I'm really passionate about and at the same time to help guide you to connect to your own intuitive wisdom. So if this sounds like you, by joining me, you can expect to receive uh, monthly articles and written pieces that I write. You also receive what I've called resources for growth. I create little videos and short films and soon we'll be getting into some more kind of mini workshops on astrology related topics. I'll also be doing loads of giveaways with the amazing people that join me on my podcast that will only be available to the folk on my Patreon. And I also offer exclusive bonus episodes with each podcast guest to dive a little bit deeper into the wisdom and medicine of each guest to offer to my community. So this month with Daisy, we talk about the new moon that's coming up very soon on October 17th here in Melbourne, Um, although I think it's the evening of the 16th in Europe and other parts of the world. So yeah, if you want to understand a little bit more about what this new moon in Libra has in store for us, then Daisy goes into some incredible insight into what we can expect from this new moon in Libra that again is happening on the 16th slash 17th of October and some major themes that are going to be happening around this new moon and how best to work with this energy. So if that's something that appeals to you, that extra episode, um, it's about 15 minutes long. It's now up and available to listen to on my Patreon. So if you are a member, be sure to tune into that at the end of this episode. Perhaps make a little altar, you could do a little ritual, light a candle and tune in. And if you want to find out more, I'll leave a link to my Patreon in the show notes below. And remember, by joining, you do gain access to my entire page. So all of my um, previous posts, all of my previous podcast bonus episodes and um, all of my previous writing. And yeah, there's a lot of content there. So I do hope to see you over there. Um, Until then, let's get back to this beautiful conversation with Daisy. Thank you for listening to this little intermission. And, you know, as I like to say, uh, for one, anyone who comes in with water dominance, specifically Pisces, you are blessed and it is an honor, but Mm. it is also the hardest, it is also the hardest element to be born with. It is the most karmic element to be born with is water, specifically Pisces, because Mm. you've come into a world that is way too desensitized for your being and it can be hard, but spiritually speaking, it is an incredible honor because it says that you, you know, your soul is ready for this. You know, it's ready to take on this experience of learning to be this pioneer 
of, of sensitivity and compassion and emotional service. But yeah, it's a big one, you know? <laughs> and I don't know if you've heard this, maybe you have, but um, with Pisces, you know, Pisces carries, has the potential to carry all of the gifts or all of the shadow from the entire zodiac. And that's why with Pisces, you can find them, you know, this being this spiritual guru and teacher meditating in Nepal or the um, alcoholic that's living on the side of the road. Yeah. With Pisces, it's like the gift of that archetype is the highest of the high, mm -hmm. but the shadow of Pisces is, is the, the lowest, lowest of, the low. of the low. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. I've yeah, I've never thought about it like that. That makes so much sense. Yeah. And even when I'm looking at that, you know, I like to have these things for each of the archetypes. Like even when I'm looking at that, say with Pisces, with Venus, with Mars, you put it with any planet now, it's like with love, the, the gift of having Venus and Pisces in love could be the highest of the high in terms of unconditional divine spiritual union. Mm -hmm. But the shadow, if you don't work with it properly, you know, in a healthy way is also like the lowest of the low, right? Yeah. <laughs> so it's, that's why it's such a big deal having, having this energy. What would you say about, I'm just curious, and this is just perhaps a yeah. selfish, selfish question. <laughs> um, That's but okay. I, yeah, I've got, I've got um, my Saturn's in Pisces at zero degrees of Pisces. What, uh -huh. what, what would you say about that, having Saturn there? Yeah, it's always such a fascinating one to interpret when I see Saturn in Pisces, right? Because it's yes. like such uh, it's so opposing. polarizing. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. You know, um, firstly, you know, I like to think wherever we have Saturn, there is this potential to be a great authority with that energy. And so when I see Saturn in Pisces, I see the potential to be such a great spiritual authority in this lifetime. But naturally, there's going to be, you know, what I want to say for this, it's almost like your discipline is functioning on another level to maybe what is considered normal in this dimension, if that makes sense. Mm. <laughs> it's like you're able to take your discipline more into the realm of spirit and ether, which to the average person might not actually look like discipline, if that makes sense. Yeah, that, makes, um, that resonates. Mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> but also there is going to be more of a difficulty sometimes with, yeah, with honing your discipline in down here on the earth plane. Yeah. With, with Saturn and Pisces. Yeah. yeah. I often find that there's like this level of... Um, yeah, just challenge in like self-discipline and structure and getting shit done. Like I have the ideas and I have the vision and I want to do it, yeah. but I get really kind of lost in the watery, like yeah. everything Grounding is on kind of, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Mm -hmm. Anyway, so now I've got my little selfish part out of the way. Um, oh, that's <laughs> fine. It'll help other people, <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah, that's true. Um, but I guess like broadening it up a little bit more, like having just gone through this beautiful journey of, of the Zodiac and going through the archetypes, like I'm sure a lot of people listening who, you know, when you spoke about Leo or you spoke about Aquarius or you spoke about Cancer can kind of resonate with those kind of qualities because 
you know, their son might be in that sign or that archetype, but like how, yeah, I always find it really hard to describe, like, how would you describe sort of the complexities of a birth chart and how we Mm. are so much more than our sun sign and yeah, kind of give people a little bit more of an understanding of how unique their own birth chart is and perhaps for people who maybe are just starting out on their astrology journey. Like I know when I first started just learning about my sun and my moon and my rising sign was like a really good place to start. Um, Yeah. Yeah. How would, how would you kind of describe like the complexities of a birth chart and yeah. Yeah. how, How it's so different for each person and how we're so much more than just our sun sign, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it is so multi-layered and multifaceted. I mean, the amount of combinations that you can have as well is just, you know, I, I don't even know, like, can you even count it? Yeah. Because we have, <laughs> we have so many different layers that we're working with. So we have the 12 archetypes. And firstly, I like to tell everybody, um, you are made up of every archetype. You are not just one, you are not just three. You have all of the archetypes with in you even if you don't have a planet in one of the archetypes you still have it ruling or in one of the houses so again it's that idea that even though we are all unique expressions because we all have different dominance dominances within us we are all part of the whole you know we all mm-hmm. all made of the whole and everything um And so the main layers that we're working with for interpretation is we always begin with the planet. The planet is like the what, what energy are we working with? And then the planet, um, you know, mainly we're working with nine, but there's asteroids, there's the nodes, there's many, many different aspects in the chart we work with. And fascinatingly, even though... Sorry, even though you might have your sun sign in Pisces, if your south node is in Leo, you might resonate just as much with being a Leo because mm-hmm. a lot of people tend to resonate a lot with their south node energy. It's almost like a second second sun sign sometimes because it's, it's such a great representation of the past life mm. context and who you were in, in your past life, energetically speaking. So... But then the planets all go into an archetype and the archetypes speak to how that energy is playing out through someone. And then the planet and the archetype will land in a house. And the house is kind of like setting the stage, setting the scene. The house is also quite behavioral, you know? So yeah, there's so many different layers. I I mean, I hope that helps to explain a bit. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's Um, that's great. What else was I going to say as well? Mm-hmm. yeah okay cool cool yeah yeah no. I mean of course that we can go through all of them but that, that would take a long time <laughs> yeah a long long time basically basically it's it's very very complex and it's very multifaceted and multi-layered and everybody's yeah birth chart is so unique to them and yeah kind of yeah. Shift, shifting out of this like really western kind of narrow-minded kind of you know read your horoscope in the newspaper like oh, oh you're yeah. a Gemini like yeah god yeah I don't I just want to say like I do not support horoscopes like mm. at all mm-hmm. you know and I really like urge people to not 
not listen to them because you are so multifaceted and you might have your son in Gemini, but then you might have five planets in Cancer and I would call you a Cancer, not a Gemini. Um, yeah, totally. Plus, you don't want to trust everything you read. Yeah, you don't want to trust everything you read on the internet because again, like, like my favorite astrologer, Stephen Forrest said, he said, astrology will never lie it is the astrologer that can get it wrong. <laughs> yeah. And that's why you want to be very, very careful. Yeah. You want to be very careful what you're reading, who you're listening to. Um, you know, a lot of my clients come to me with a very negative view of part of their chart because, you know, they've read something horrible about Venus and Leo or being a Gemini. And it's like, it's, what I want to say, and that's actually what I wanted to say before, whatever you have come into this life with, it is not random. It is very, very special and specific. Your soul has chosen to come in with the energies that you have. If you've been born with your son in Leo, that is for a very specific reason because of what was happening for you in your past life. If you've come in with a son in Leo, maybe it's likely, but not for certain, because I'd have to look at your chart, but it's likely that in your past life, you were not seen and appreciated whatsoever for who you were. And you might have felt incredibly suppressed or even rejected and neglected. And so your soul has come back with this energy because it is here to take up space and be seen because it, it lacked that in the past. And so when we shift that perspective of not just profiling people, but actually looking at oh, this is happening. This has happened for a reason. Mm. Um, oh, and that's the other thing I wanted to mention as well from earlier. Mm. It's that this is really, really cool. I learned this when I was um, looking at studying Frida Kahlo's chart. Everything that will ever happen and has ever happened in your life is present in your birth chart. So when you look at the end of somebody's life, mm. everything everything is already there it's crazy it's really really amazing wow oh yeah it's so it's so good and i guess that's what i what has yeah. pulled me into astrology in a lot of ways as well it's you know the more i learn about it it's it, there's just so much to unpack like you think you know one thing and you think you understand it and then you find out a little bit more or you find about this planet and this placement in this house and you're like whoa everything I thought I knew is just like completely shattered and I have this complete different <laughs> understanding about it and that's what I love so much about astrology and specifically evolutionary yeah. astrology you know it's just such a a beautiful way of of better understanding ourselves it's just such a beautiful tool to understand our, our nature totally yeah totally and sort of like you were saying um i you know essentially astrology is just a tool to help you live your most fulfilling and happy life because your fulfillment is based on your ability to honor your yourself your truth because that is what makes you happy right mm. and astrology is just this really awesome tool that helps us to bring clarity to and refine what that looks like for you and it's already all inside of you you know astrology is not meant to shock you 
with anything crazy, it should always feel like a deep remembering and like mm. a witnessing. And that's the medicine. It's like, oh fuck, I'm not crazy. I'm, I'm feeling seen, I'm feeling understood. Like this is, you know, a lot of my clients will be like, wow, that's been like lingering in the back of my mind. And I'm like, well, yeah, it's there for a reason, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. <laughs> I just wanted to perhaps end on just coming back to like the sun moon and rising yeah um I just had kind of had one more question around that would Mm -hmm. you say like would you say the like the moon is representative of our past the sun is representative of kind of the present and our rising is somewhat the future and kind of what we're stepping into is that is that how you would look at it or am I kind of I'm not quite sure about that yeah I, that is how I used to work with them. Mm -hmm. Um, And yes, of course, like the moon, it's definitely going, I I look at it as our conditioned emotional well-being and our conditioned experience of love, even if it's healthy or not healthy as a child. So with the moon, I'm always looking at like, what have we been taught to attach love to? What have we been taught to attach our emotional well-being and psychological survival to in this world Mm -hmm. and so that in the sense can speak a lot to our early childhood and the experience of the mother and sometimes the father the parents etc um so in that sense yes it can speak a bit to the past um the sun is you know a core part of our being it is how we shine in this world it is how we illuminate this world and i mean the birth chart is none of it is separate you know wherever we are whatever we're doing the birth chart will always be there um all aspects are playing out you know but some will be more dominant than others some might have been suppressed and the sun is one that should always be say the most dominant because the sun is the center of the solar system right Mm. everything else is revolving around the sun and so the sun is like our core personality and then um and that's why as well wherever the sun is in the chart in what house i always speak to that house being a major theme of somebody's life Mm. um and then the ascendant yes so some astrologers and I used to say as well that the ascendant is something we grow into. And in many ways, yes, I still believe that because when I've observed children, I've seen children very much in their moon, right? Mm-hmm. And, and their sun. And it's kind of like then this, because the ascendant is like kind of like a protective layer in a way, if you think about it. It's like this external, it's not necessarily a facade, but it can also be a bit of a facade because whatever we have on the ascendant, not only is it how we physically and behaviorally meet the world, but it's what other people see on us. And it's very easy for people to attach that to us Mm. and not see us for more than that. Mm. And so say like some, I was giving someone a reading yesterday who has an Aries ascendant, but they had like heaps of water in their chart. Mm -hmm. And I was like to them, you know, people are likely to see you as this little pocket rocket that's very assertive and initiating. But even if you're not feeling that, because she had like a cancer moon or something, you know, I'm Mm -hmm. like, so even if you're not feeling that way, even if you're feeling shy, 
it's still likely that people will see whatever's on your ascendant. And I also get that a lot because I'm a Virgo, but my ascendant is Sag. And I find a lot of people tend Mm. to attach me to the more Sag, like so bright and optimistic and bubbly and like, yes, but I'm also a Virgo. I can also be like hardcore analytical and like, you know, and like overthinking and controlling and stuff like of my environment. So it's fascinating. I always say to people, your true friends are the ones that know you for more than your ascendant and most specifically for your moon. Because the Mm. moon is, you know, when people really know you, yeah, it's like a layer. When people know you for your moon, they, they are your family. They really get you on that core level. So Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I, I resonate with that a lot, what you were saying just around like, yeah, because my my rising is in Aquarius. My moon is actually also in Aquarius, but I think mm-hmm. yeah. So I've got quite Me a lot too. of Aquarian energy, mm-hmm. like in the way that I output and the way that I yeah kind of show myself to the world. Having my my rising in Aquarius, and a lot of people, especially actually my partner, he a lot of the time is like, oh, you know, there's this, you know, you're very much in your head and you're very intellectual and like da 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 da, and sometimes feels like there's a lack of you know, emotional depth or like really, uh-huh. really kind of feeling. And it's hard because I have like four planets in water and I'm a fucking yeah. emotional, sensitive person. But I think it comes through this lens yeah. of Aquarian energy and that can seem kind of a little yeah. bit aloof or emotionally detached mm. or, or just very intellectual, which is very true as well. Like I am all of those things as well, but yeah, that's I, that's a really beautiful way to put it, and yeah, so interesting. Hey, yeah, totally. But yeah, you know, I think this idea of growing into the ascendant, I still, I feel like I would want to word it in a slightly different way, but I do get it. I because I feel like as we get older, it's like the ascendant becomes less of this external layer. And we become like more integrated with the archetype. So in that sense, we are kind of integrating with it. And it so rather than it being external, it becomes more like a part of us, if that makes sense. <laughs> mm, yeah. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah. So yeah, I just wanted to end on um I know you just did a really beautiful self-worth workshop over the weekend. And I was wondering if, yeah, you could tell us um, a little bit about that, that kind of other branch of your work. Um, Cause it's, yeah. yeah, And how kind of astrology Mm -hmm. and this kind of work that you're doing with self-worth and all of that, how they kind of intersect and um yeah, tell us a little bit about this beautiful workshop because I know that you're offering it as um, an offering online as well as like a recording of the workshop too. Yeah, I am. And I have to say like, you know, I, I think it was probably in my opinion, the, my favorite workshop I've ever given because it's a topic that I am so passionate about. And I believe, you know, I think self-worth is our foundation, our basis for everything. Um, you know, I believe we manifest from our level of self-worth rather than from our thoughts and we're manifesting from our worthiness. And so mm. our self-worth is our currency for manifestation. Mm-hmm. And in, in relationship to the birth chart, it's honestly all to do with going through these initiations and this healing 
that help to bring us back to honoring our authenticity and to feeling good about who we are authentically. And that is us, you know, coming back into our worthiness because it is your birthright to be the unique human that your soul has chosen for you to be. But so much of our conditioning, which is part of the process of our healing, the context that we come into, the conditioning that is put on us, part of our healing is to break free of that, you know, which is a very Aquarian thing, to break free of that, to heal that, to look at all of the, the blocks, the limiting beliefs that we absorbed as children that have been, you know, really limiting our worth. You know, it's our external reality is always reflecting back to us where our worth is at. Mm-hmm. And things that are flowing well for us, tend to speak to where we have pretty good worth and pretty good subconscious belief and things that are blocked, things that aren't flowing so well for us is a direct reflection of where we are needing to improve Mm -hmm. our worth, where we're needing to potentially heal some limiting subconscious beliefs. Mm. So yeah, it's amazing intertwining this, this with this, with the astrology chart for sure. Yeah. Mm. Oh, it's so good. So (laughs) how can people, can you just share a little bit about how can people kind of connect with you and find you or if they're interested in, you know, getting a reading Mm -hmm. with you, which I think I'm going to definitely have to do soon. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, Or if they want to find a little bit more about the self-worth workshop or all of that. So yeah, what's the best way people can connect with you and find you? Sure. So I, you can go to my website, which is flowers for days, um, And you can book there and, you know, find out more about me and my offerings, um, as well as my online school where I have, I have a foundation evolutionary astrology course. I have my, my favorite course, which is a four week self-love initiation, diving into Lilith, Venus and the moon. And then I have, um, yeah, I'm going to be posting and sharing more of the replays of my workshops. At the moment, I have one on the lunar nodes, which is our karmic patterning, and then also the self-worth replay, which was really awesome. Um, And yeah, you can also, of course, find me on my Instagram, where I post pretty much daily astrology updates. And my Instagram is at flowersfordays underscore astrology. Mm. yeah yeah it's Mm. been such a pleasure having you on the podcast and it's been so nice talking with another astrology minded soul so thank you for sharing all of your wisdom and for coming on today I really really appreciate it and have very much enjoyed chatting with you thank you so much I really appreciate that it's been really yeah such a beautiful conversation I'm so excited to listen back to it and to share it with my community (laughs) beautiful all right thanks daisy thank you all right that concludes episode eight thank you for tuning in everyone i really appreciate your presence and your time and yeah i really hope that you enjoyed this conversation and that you learned something new or just resonated with it on some level um just a couple of things before I sign off Um, as I mentioned earlier please leave a rating and a review if you did enjoy this episode and make sure you subscribe to this podcast um, and share it with a friend or two or three that you think may resonate with this episode or this podcast in general 
And lastly, make sure you head over to my Patreon to find out more about this new moon in Libra that's coming up on the evening of the 16th of October or morning of the 17th of October to hear Daisy's insight into what this new moon is all about and how to best work with this energy. Again, the link to my Patreon is in the show notes below. Until next time, I love you all and take care. All right, that concludes today's episode. Thank you so much for tuning in, everyone. I do really appreciate your presence and your time, and I really hope that you enjoyed this episode and that you learned something new or just resonated with it on some level. Just a couple of things before I sign off. Um, as I mentioned earlier, um, please leave a rating and a review and make sure you subscribe to this podcast if you did enjoy this episode and you want to keep hearing more um, and share it with a friend or two or three that you think may enjoy this episode. Um, and last thing, also make sure you head over to my Patreon to find out more about this new moon in Libra that's coming up on the evening of the 16th of October or the morning of the 17th to hear Daisy's insight into what this new moon is all about and how best to work with this energy.
Again, the link to my Patreon is in the show notes below. Until next time, I love you all and take care. Bye.